0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والرسل نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما Alhamdulillah, بعد الحمد لله بفضل الله سبحانه وتعالى we were able to conclude with the explanation of Sheikh Zayed Al Madkhali Rahimahallah. Of the text by Sheikh Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, Yaniflaf al Usul. And with that which will follow is uh, us reading through this text, the explanation of some of the hadith by Sheikh and Sheikh Rabia, Ibn Hadi al Madkhali. And this is the small text of the Sheikh which is known as مَذَّكْرَةَ الْحَدِيثَ النَّبَوِي فِي الْعَكِيدَ وَإِعْتِبَعَ So the prophetic hadith this is a selective amount of prophetic hadith referring to akida like the creed of Ahlul Sunnati والجماعة as well as the اِعْتِبَعَ the following of the sunnah the Prophet And so within this the manhajj of the Shaykh رحمه الله is that he's gathered 21 hadith, each of them revolving around this topic of the correct creed, and each of them revolving around the fadl, yani the virtue of following the sunnah of the Nabi wasallam. And before we begin, what we wish to, uh, to discuss is the methodology that is used by some of the scholars, when it comes to explaining a hadith. Uh, They usually explain a hadith in their books in in a particular order, with tarthib. And so the first thing that they do is that they will mention the hadith itself. So the first thing they'll do, they'll mention the hadith itself. And they'll even mention the hadith, with just, uh, for example, the companion, and so they'll have the companion and then the text of the hadith itself. Or they may mention the hadith with the whole isnad, the whole chain of narration. Thereafter, in the explanation of the hadith, the muhadith, he will mention what is referred to as the takhrij of the hadith. What is referred to as the takhrij of the hadith. I, where can this hadith be found? In the books of hadith for example can it be found in Sahih Bukhari or is it found as Sahih Muslim along with Takharij within the Takharij as well sometimes you have a mentioning of yani, the hukum of the hadith and what is a ruling upon the hadith is the hadith Sahih is it Hassan is it Da'if and this is all yani, usually mentioned within yani, this, is this Takharij the next thing you have is the يعني, of the rawat. So the biographies of each of the narrators. So we mentioned that when the hadith, when the hadith itself is narrated, it's narrated in one or two ways. It's narrated how and how? are the two ways we mentioned? When it mentions the hadith itself, it may mention uh, just a companion. Or the whole? It's not. It's not the whole chain. So, going back to the biographies, if it just mentions the companion, if the, the narration just mentions the companion, then when it comes to the biographies, it will mention the biography of the companion. And it may, it may be a few sentences regarding the companion and what is known from him. If it is the case that the hadith mentions all the whole Isnad, for example, or some of the Isnad. Then it will be a biography of each of the narration narrators rather, in the Isnad. Now, what is understood by the biography of the narrators is that it's not a lengthy biography. No, so it's not pages and pages of their biography. Sometimes it can be made up of a sentence or two. Sometimes it can be made up of a word or two. So it can be mentioned, for example... Uh, if, you have a, if you have a biography, an example of that would be if you have in the isnad it mentions Az-Zuhri. And in his biography, it will mention yeah, his full name, Muhammad ibn al-Shihab. Muhammad ibn al-Shihab. And then, uh, what is the ruling upon him? Uh, in terms of as a narrator, no doubt, he's thicker. He's trustworthy. And so this is what you find, that the, 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 when it comes to the biography, it's just a small amount of speech about that individual and whether they're trustworthy or not and their, their status as a narrator. Thereafter, you have the words that are mentioned within the hadith. So after that, you have the words, and explanation of some of the words found in the hadith, some of the words and phrases found in the hadith. And now, the fact is, when you have yani, the hadith itself, then there may be specific words that in the linguistic sense of the Arabic language may mean one thing. However, in the context of the hadith, may mean something else. And so the Hadith will explain uh, the hadith, or the wordings found in the hadith, even in the context of the narration itself. And this is referred to as the gharib al-hadith. Referred to as the gharib al-hadith. And this in of itself is a science. This is a science in and of itself. And the gharib al-hadith. And from the most famous books that you have in this science is al by Ibn Athir. al by Ibn Athir. Thereafter, so you have the gharib al-hadith. Thereafter, when you explain in the hadith, you will have the so the general meaning of the hadith. What, what is the meaning of this hadith? What is meant by, what is found in this narration. And then finally, you have the fawaid al-hadith. You have the fawaid of the hadith. Right, the benefits that it can take from this narration. So if this is a general narration, then it will, it will be the benefit, general benefits. If it's a narration that revolves around fiqh al ahkam, then it may mention some of the ahkam that are derived from that narration. So what are the rulings that can be taken from that particular narration, for example? That, for example, this action is halal or this action is haram. No? So this is what we understand from the explanation of uh, or how you find the, the hadith for explained. Then there's one other aspect as well that is found as well or that can be mentioned and that's after generally after the biographies of each of the narrators then you have something which, which is referred to as latayif al-isnad And the distinguishing characteristics of the isnad itself so for example the isnad the chain of narration might be as it is referred to as musannal bi thiqat yani each of the narrators are thiqat all of the narrators are trustworthy or musannal bil basri for example that each of the narration, each of the narrators are from Basra. Or another example, you may find a narration where it's a Sahabi and a Sahabi, and the Sahabi narrates a hadith on another Sahabi, to another Sahabi. Now, this is uh, another factor that is also mentioned and also found that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. As for the text itself, barakul awfikul, then this is the first hadith. This is the Hadith of Ibn Abbas, Rodi Allah, Ibn Abbas, Rodi Allah, and Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Lama ba'atha mu'adan ila Yemen, kaal. In the katati kaumil al-kitan, Faliqul omatad uhum ilay, Shahad al-la ilaha illullah. With a rewaya, ila an ye فإنهم أتئوك لذلك، فأعلمهم أن الله افترض عليهم خمس صلوات في كل يوم وليلة، وليلة. فإنهم أتئوك لذلك، فأعلمهم أن الله افترض عليهم سرقة، تؤخذ من أغنيائهم، فتردوا إلى فقرائهم. فإنهم أتئوك لذلك، فأياك وقرائن الأموال، وأنت الدعوة المظلوم. فَإِنَّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ this narration, as of Ibn Abbas, where he mentions that, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, when he sent Mu'adh al-Jabal to Yemen, he stated, Indeed, you're going to the people of the book. So make the first thing you call them to, the shahada of La ilaha illallah. And in another narration, that they sing about Allah Ta'ala alone, yani in ibadah. And if they obey you within that, then inform them and teach them that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has made five prayers, prayed every night and every day and every night, an obligation upon them. And if they obey you in that, and inform and teach them that Allah Ta'ala has made the sadaqah, the zakah, the, the, the charity, an obligation upon them that is taken from the rich and given to the poor. And if they obey you within that, then beware of taking the best of the spoils and the wealth, and fear the supplication of the oppressed, for indeed there is no veil between it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the narration we wish to go through today. Is narration of Ibn Abbas, and Huma. So the first thing we want to discuss is what, based on what we just what we mentioned earlier. The takhrij al-Hadith, nah. Where can this hadith be found? so Sheikh Rabia, he mentions, he mentions Akhraj al-Hadith and the Bukhari. Now, nah, so this hadith is found in Bukhari. Referring to which book? Of Bukhari. المسلم، al-Muslim. Referring to what? Sahib Muslim. Al-Nasa'i. Referring to which book? al-Nasa'i. Friend of the Muslim, Imam Ahmed. Friend of the Muslim, Imam Ahmed. Then, Shaykh, he mentioned the royal hadith. And the narrator of this hadith is Abdullah ibn Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. Al-Hashmi. So, Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib. Ab- Abdullah ibn Abbas ibn Abdel Muttalib. Abdullah ibn Afran. Uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib al Hashimi. So he was the cousin of the Messenger of Allah. sallallahu Indeed, Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib was the paternal uncle of the Messenger of Allah. sallallahu And he was from the Muqsirin of the Companions amongst the Mukthirin of the companions. The Mukthirin. So it's from this group of the companions that are referred to as the Mukthirun. And the Mukthirun, what, what is the distinguishing factor of the Mukthirun? Who are the Mukthirun, the companions? Man who? Who are they? Uh, what, what, what makes them for the Mukthirun, first and foremost? the, the Mukthirun. We say in, in, in the source from the mukfireen. They narrated the, the over one thousand hadith. Narrated over one thousand hadith. And then how many are there? How many of the mukfireen are there? Four. is more than four. More than four. Six. Six is more than six. Nine, that's less than nine. <laughs> eight. It's less than eight. <laughs> There's seven. Seven of them. Nah, seven of them from smoke three. Time? And who are they? Who are the seven? Five. You have Aisha right or Aisha Amongst them. Five. Abu Huraira. Abu Masaud, not Abu Masood. Abdullah. That's free. <laughs> ibn Abbas. of course. Cool. Don't worry to this hadith. Alas ibn Malik. Alasb Malik. Two more. Sayyid al al-Khudri. One more. One more. Ali. <laughs> no Ali. The final one is Abdullah ibn Umar. Umar. So you have Abu Huraira, Ibn Umar, Ana Subramanik, Ibn Abbas, Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri, Jabir Abdillah, and they are from amongst they are the the companions that narrated over one thousand hadith. Those are the seven. Likewise, as well, Ibn Abbas was from amongst the companions that were referred to as the abadilah The abadila and. They were another group of companions. So we had the Zakhallah. We have the Mukthirun. They are a group of companions. And the Abadila, another group. The Abadila are who? Or how many are they? Four. Four. And they are? Dula ibn Amr ibn As. About Dula ibn Abbas, of course. Dula ibn Zubair. Dula ibn Umar. Naam. Naam. And why were they characterized as four together? Why were they, why were they placed together, those four? Their name Abdullah. They're all named Abdullah. No. What else? They had um, mad- madaris at schools. And madaris, and they were fuqaha, or something else. They were, young in age. they were They were all similar and young in age. And due to the fact they were all similar and young in age, this is why, for example, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is not regarded as being from amongst them. Why? Because Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was from the Kibar Sahab. He was senior in age from us the companions. And so they these were from those four. So Abdullah Ibn Umar, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, Ibn Amr and Abdullah ibn, and Abdullah ibn Zubair. And so Abdullah ibn Abbas then he was from the Fuqaha of the companions and he died in the year 68 after the Hijrah. He died in the year 68 after the Hijrah. As for the Mufradat, now, as for the general or the general Mufradat of this hadith, or the Gharib al-Hadith, then there were particular wordings. For example, you have the word Ba'atha, Ba'atha, Ba'atha meaning Arsala, Ba'atha within this narration meaning that he sent. So when, a, when the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent and this word Ba'atha is referring to the Mu'adhan being sent by being sent upon a mission. So Allah, the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent him with a particular purpose. That, that, that purpose was the purpose of any da'wah. Thereafter, you have the mission of Ahlul Kitab. Ahlul Kitab, is referred to the Yahud and the Nasara, the Jews and the Christians. So he was going to a land, da'wah, of Ahlul Kitab. Now, What well, happened in this narration was sent to where? Yemen. To Yemen. And what do you understand Yemen to be when uh, it was sent to Yemen? You don't know? The Christians. The Christians, but where, what was the land of Yemen? Where is the, Where is the land of Yemen? Abyssinia. Abyssinia. Not Abyssinia. The, the south. south? The south of Saudi, Medina. No, the south, so essentially Yemen. When we have the narration refer to Yemen, it's not necessarily referring to the land of Yemen, which we know today, which is a small part, piece of the Arabian Peninsula. The majority of the land, which was to the south of Mecca, was referred to as Yemen. And the Ahlul Kitab that were prevalent at that time were, as the people mentioned, Zawla Khair, and Nasara, the Christians. And so, when muadh ibn mujab was sent to them, then he was sent to this, to this land. No, I the majority of the land, the land which is to the south of Mecca. And Ahlul Kitab being referred to, in, in its majority, was the Nasara, the Christians. And thereafter, the next mention within in the narration was the Shahada Allah ilaha illallah. The Shahada Allah ilaha illallah. The Shahada Allah ilaha illallah is an itiraf la ma'bu bi illallah. The yani, Shahada of La Ilaha Illallah is the person acknowledging that there's no deity worthy of worship and truth besides Allah, and that worship of anything other than Him, Subhanahu wa Taala, is batil. and the shirk bin Allah is the person's fit to shirk with Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala. And so, with this barakallahu fikhu, the Shahada of La Ilaha Illallah, no doubt when. Is referring to the antiraf, the acknowledgement, that it's acknowledgement by way of the heart and the tongue. That a person not only affirms within their heart any by way of their belief, but they affirm it upon their tongue and they state the shahada upon the tongue. And this is the true acknowledgement of the shahada of la ilaha illallah. The next word in front of this narration as well is your wahidullah. You Allah, And yani singing out Allah Ta'ala alone. Now this word you and you're free of who bil ibadah wahdahu. You're singing him out alone in ibadah. With this word you Allah," then this no doubt is in reference. Well, this is uh, the verb you wahidu. And it's master. The noun ascribed to it is the word Tawheed. And so the fact that the, the rest of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned it within this narration, within this wording, and is an indication that the word Tawheed is not one which is new. Rather the word Tawheed is found a word which is found and, and affirmed within the sunnah. I am in this narration to see what Allah Ta'ala alone in the ibadah. Thereafter, you have iftarada, which means, iftarada referring to being made an obligation, something being made an obligation. Thereafter, you have the reference to the sadaqah. The sadaqa in this narration is referring to the zakah, and the obligatory zakah. So the Sonaka mentioned in this narration is referring to the obligatory Zakah. Thereafter it mentions, Ata'uk. I that they obey you. So that they submit to that which you came, that, that which you have come with. And they adhere to it. I have to obey you in terms of they submit to the first thing, which is the Tawhid then the them of the salah. If they obey you thereafter referring to the salah, then inform the them of the zakah. Thereafter the qaraim ay khiyaran wa wa that they take from the best of the wealth. So this is something the person must be aware of, to not take from the best of the wealth or that which is more valuable. We no doubt when wealth is governed, wealth may not just be money. Now, wealth can, can, can be present in many different ways. And so the person that gathers that wealth, yani with the intention of zakah, and distribution of zakah, cannot now choose the best of that wealth for himself. The topic of this hadith, is a malhaj when it comes to the da'wah in Allah. Is that that is the manner of the call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how it should be done. As for the manner of Ijma'li, the general meaning of this hadith, then this hadith indicates to us the steps, the obligatory steps that a person must take and traverse upon when calling to Allah. And so the first thing the person must begin with is the call to Tawheed. The first thing when we're given Dawah, that person must begin the call with Tawheed, which is signaling Allah Ta'ala alone in the Ibadah. That the individual frees themselves from shirk, whether it be the minor or the major. And this is what occurs when the person states the shahada of La ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah, and they believe it and they state it. And so the, the intent the reading of the Shahada is that the ibadat, all different types of ibadah, on the right of Allah belong to Allah ta'ala, and need to be directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no one or nothing other than him, Azza Jal is deserving of it. And so nothing is deserving of it, whether it be an angel that is near, nor a prophet that has been sent, a righteous man, or a stone, a tree, the sun, or the moon, nor the moon. None of these things are deserving of the worship. For indeed, this worship is for Allah Ta'ala alone. And this is what the people must be called to. And so, the supplication when a person supplicates, they only supplicate to Allah. And when a person seeks aid and deliverance, then they only seek that from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And their tawakkul and their reliance is only upon Allah. And they do not fear nor hope except with Allah Azawajal. And so whoever directs, Now whoever directs anything from these forms of ibadah, anything from these forms of worship, to than Allah, then indeed He has associated partners with Allah. As Allah Taala states, "In whom man yushuk bilahi <laughs> Allahu janna wa And indeed, he who associates partners with Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the Jannah haram for them. And his abode is the hellfire. And there will be no one that will come to the aid of the wrongdoers. And so the Sheikh goes on to mention, وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادِ مِنْ لَا إِلَٰهَ إلا اللَّهِ وَجَرَدَ And so the intent of la ilaha illallah is that the person, is not made that the person states it upon the tongue. And it suffices with what he states upon the tongue. And so what is a must is that the person has knowledge of its meaning and acts upon that which is required from it and that they seek to fulfill all of its conditions. All of the conditions of the shahada of La Ilaha Illallah. And there are seven. And the first of them is al ilm Which Opposes al jahl, yani ignorance. So the first is knowledge. First condition is knowledge, which negates jahl, ignorance. The second being al yaqeen, al manafi, lishak. The second being yaqeen, certainty, which negates, yani, doubt. The third, al-Qubul. The third being al-Qubul, acceptance, which negates al-Rad, which negates rejection. The fourth, al-Inqiyad, submission, al-Manafi Submission which negates yani abandonment. The fifth is a class, which negates the shirk. The fifth is a class, which negates shirk. The sixth being a sidq, truthfulness, which negates the kadib yani lying. And the seventh and final is al-mahabbah. Al-Malafi al that which oppose, that which negates that which opposes, it, which is no da hatred. Thereafter Sheikh Rubin mentions and the intention of the Shahada and Muhammad, of the Muhammad Rasulullah, that the messenger in Muhammad is the message of Allah. Again, that the person has knowledge of its meaning. As well as acting upon that which is required from it. And again, it's not sufficient. The person merely states it upon the tongue. And so the shahada of Muhammad Rasulullah is tasdiq fi akbar. So the shahada of Muhammad Rasulullah is that a person believes in that which he informed us of. And he obeyed him. That which he commanded. وَاجْتِنَا مَا نَهَا عَنْهُ وَزَجَرٌ And that he stays away from that which he prohibited. Sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam. وَعِبَادَةُ اللَّهِ بِمَا شَرَعَ عَلَى لِسَانِ عَلَى لِسَانِ هَذَا الرُّسُولِ الْكَرِيمِ لَا بِالْحَوَىٰ And that the person worships Allah based upon that which has been legislated upon the tongue of this noble messenger. And so his Ibadah is based upon the Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu And his Ibadah is not based upon his desires, nor upon newly invented matters of deen. And so, what is upon every Muslim? What is on every Muslim? Is that he has knowledge of the meaning of the Shahadatayn and a correct understanding. And he acts upon what is required from the Shahadah. And so this is Tasdeeq. This is the acceptance and the belief and the faith and acting upon that which the Messenger of came with within the book and the Sunnah. With the book and the Sunnah. Whether that be with what he came with from the creed the cre- creed or what he came with sallallahu from ibadat anything that he, that he, that he came with sallam, from that which is legislated a person must act upon and all of this if a person acts in this particular manner then he has truly acted in accordance with the Shahada of Muhammad Rasulullah,. Thereafter, finally within this hadith, Sheikh Rabia Allah, he mentioned, "I managed to find an hadith. What do we benefit from this hadith? And what do we benefit we take from this hadith?" And so he mentions the first benefit, and the Tawheed are the assassin Islam? The first, first, first benefit from this hadith is that Tawheed is the basis of Islam. The second benefit is that ahamul al Arqan ba'ad Tawheed, who al Salam. That the most important of the Pillars after Tawheed, the pillars of Islam after Tawheed is to Salah, establishing the Salah. The third, and al Islam, ba salah is the most obligatory of the pillars of Islam. After the salah, is the Zakat, the obligatory zakah. And this is the haq in relation to the wealth. And this is what the person must give from their wealth. As a means of purification of one's wealth. The fourth benefit of an al-iman. Who alladhi <laughs> yetawalla of the Zakat. فُصَرْفُهَا And then the Imam. The Imam, he is the one responsible for the collection of the zakah and its distribution. Either he does that himself or he designates an individual. Now So if he does that himself or well, you assign an individual to do that, to take the zakat and distribute it. We understand that from this narration, due to the fact that Mu'adh al-Jabit, he was sent to Yemen, first and foremost as a da'i, with the intent of calling the people to and to Islam. Also, he was sent with the intent of being a ruler over them as well. If they obeyed and they submitted to Islam, that he be a ruler over them. And so, thus, he took as a ruler, he would take the responsibility of the collection of the zakat and its distribution. The fifth benefit is a delil, this hadith is a delil, that he get the zakah in a delil. That is sufficient to give the zakah to one type, one type of person. How do you understand that from this narration? That is sufficient to give it to one type of person. No, uh, nah, it mentions the fuqara That is taken from the agliat, taken from the rich and give it to the fuqara. The fuqara is only one of the different types of people that are eligible for zakah. However, the Prophet sallam mentioned in this narration to give it to the fuqara. So with this, we understand it's permissible to take it or to, to give it to just one of those types of people that are eligible for zakah. The sixth benefit we take from this narration and the hula Jews, defu haa ila It's not permissible to give the zakah to the ghani. To give the zakah to the one that is rich. Why? Because the narration mentioned that it's taken from the rich. And the zakat is taken from the rich. And then given to the poor. The seventh is that it's haram for the amin. That is haram for the one that is responsible for the zaka, whether it be responsible for the collection or the or the distribution of the zakat that he takes the best of that wealth for himself. The eighth benefit is that this narration brings to our intention and is a warning against all forms of thulm, all forms of oppression. And then the ninth benefit, which is important, very important as well, is within this narration is proof that you accept the khabar of one individual. So you accept the the, the information and the news of one individual when it comes to aqeedah and that's something that Ahlul Sunnah accepts. So if one person... If fraud you of something And they're, they're trustworthy They will accept it. it Doesn't matter whether it's about Aqeedah or anything else If they're trustworthy Accept the news The reason for it Or the proof That is uh, or Why this had even a proof Is due to the fact That the Prophet sent Alaihi Wasallam Send al Alone To inform the people About The affair of Deen He sent them alone And He sent them With anticipation That they accept The Khabar They accept that Information from him. And Allah subhanahu wa knows best. And no doubt, the first thing that he was commanded to tell them about was Tawheed. No doubt, that's Aqeedah. And finally, the benefit we can take for this narration is that the day begins with the aham, fal aham. The day, the one that's given da'wah, he begins with the most important of the affairs. And then the affairs that follow it in importance for no doubt in this narration the prophet sallallahu wasallam to begin with the most important of the affairs which is the doubt of tawhid and then that which follows the importance which is establishing the salah and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best alhamdulillah that concludes the explanation of that particular narration and we'll conclude with that barakallahu والله تعالى اعلم مُنَكْتَفِي بهذا القدر جزاك الله خيرا وبارك الله فيكم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم